Welcome back to Glitchcast, episode number 30. This week, we are talking about Ocean's 8, the spin-off, reboot, sequel, in a way? I don't even know what you would call it. Yeah, continuation, Yeah, I hey, that's a good way to put it. Uh, and Hereditary, the, uh, the A24 horror movie that has been uh, haunting people all year. Just uh, went cool. wide this week, so uh, we been on my mind uh, since I saw <laughs> it. <laughs> we had to check it out. I uh, sacrificed my sanity, went and saw it at uh, 10 p.m. last night, got about one hour of sleep. Now, was that because of the movie or stress that you have with work coming up? Or mm, did, it, did Hereditary well, really keep you up? I, I, I didn't go to bed until like 2.30 anyways, so that didn't help. So I could have gotten like five hours, but then like I was unable to sleep. The only hour of sleep I got was like 3.30 to 4.30. This is going to be an interesting podcast. Yeah. Let's go. All right. And it's going to be a long one. Yeah. We got uh, a lot of news, a lot of trailers. Last week was the most insane trailer week of all time. Um, but let's jump right into movie news here. Uh, first up, Ryan Reynolds is going to battle sharks, Vikings, and Nazis in a Sam Raimi-directed Bermuda Triangle movie. So this was previously announced uh, that like this was like Sam Raimi's like return to directing he hasn't done anything since like oz the great and powerful with james franco and like he did that yeah oh my god and uh but it it, it's about the bermuda triangle uh some some like aircraft carrier or something apparently loses the some nuclear warheads that they have and it's like in the bermuda triangle and ryan reynolds is going to play like a theoretical physicist that's supposed to get them to like this magical bermuda triangle land which has nazis sharks vikings all that stuff dude that sounds awesome i've always been a fan of the like the myth of the bermuda triangle and very underrated flick called triangle which i think you've seen that's okay oh come on uh (laughs) yeah this sounds amazing and perfect fit for amy yeah yeah i'm i'm excited it's a because he, he can blend that comedy along with, like, the thriller stuff pretty well. And Absolutely. Ryan yeah. Reynolds, perfect man to do it. <laughs> uh, next up, Quentin Tarantino just keeps adding on to that cast for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, he added Al Pacino, James Marsden, Luke Perry, Damian Lewis, Dakota Fanning, uh, Emile Hirsch, like, three other people. This is got to be, like, one of the biggest casts of all time. Um, I think... Uh, Damian Lewis is playing Steve McQueen. Uh, Emil Hirsch is playing uh, Sam Wanamaker or something who's a director. Um, I don't think it's come out who James Marsden is playing, and Al Pacino is just going to be playing uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character's agent. This is like a ridiculous ensemble cast. I mean, is he going to be able to manage all these personalities on set? Good lord. Well, from the sound of it, he wants to do it sort of Pulp Fiction-esque, where... I guess they wouldn't all be on set together at the same time, but gotcha. It's still that's still a lot to manage. That there's a lot going on. I feel like for the trailer, it's gonna be like so many cuts. Like this person, <laughs> this person. <laughs> you know how trailers have to do that when it's on set. It's gonna yeah. just keep going. Yeah. Good lord. I mean, I'm I'm pumped. Highly anticipated, but it's gonna be an interesting uh, way to pull it off. Hopefully, it's not like eight hours long, like Hateful Eight was, because that was just too much it i i think there's a good movie in there but yes it was yeah, too long yeah uh all right next up jared leto something that no one asked for and uh, mm. jared leto is going to star in and produce a standalone joker film for warner brothers now they're doing todd phillips the director of um 
old school project yeah. x uh the hangover uh yep. is supposed to be doing like an 80s set like origin joker origin story with like martin scorsese producing uh there's like a there's supposed to be like a like a joker harley quinn spinoff um and now there's gonna be this i guess which is just like it i feel like jared leto was like the least out of all the bad things in that movie jared leto was near the bottom of like what people liked right i remember the buzz being early like wow that's great casting and then people saw that like the tattoos and the grill and they were oh this is dumb in the trailer they're like oh this is dumb and even after the movie they were not happy with that portrayal so why yeah i don't i don't i don't get it it, it like why is he isn't there a jo- joking phoenix version of of the joker coming too oh yeah he was rumored for the todd phillips one okay so i heard there's a batman story where there it's a comic run i think where there are multiple jokers in one universe and that's how he pulls off so many crimes and maybe they're going down that route but this is like a solo movie a solo solo movie nobody asked for this yeah, and it's just DC just needs to stop putting forward like a million, like giving the go ahead to like a billion different scripts. Like just folk, how about you make like one good movie here first, and then like you can move on. I was listening it. to another podcast where they listed every currently in the works DC movie and gave a status update on each of them, and it was unbelievable how many question yeah. marks still are just floating in midair right now as far as statuses of all these crazy things that they've announced. Yeah. I, I I don't even like it's probably a, just a novel at this point of all the titles of these movies uh, next up it chapter 2 has finally rounded out the cast they have cast uh, Isaiah Mustafa who's the old spice guy or used to be the old spice guy uh, as the adult version of Mike first of all so, great last name never heard of like I oh, never yeah. heard of this actor's name but he's hilarious in the old spice commercials yeah, I, I truly don't know if I've, like, ever seen him in anything else. Me neither. Which is weird. It feels yeah. weird. Like, he looks like someone that, like, you know, could have the presence in a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess maybe, he'll, maybe he'll finally get Good it. Good mix of uh, big-name actors and then some no-namers, so. Yeah. Can't believe they're already finished. I mean, they, they better start shooting this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's... Fuck, yeah. It's June already? Mid-June? Mm-hmm. It's got to mm-hmm. come out for October... 2019 yeah they got a big turnaround yeah. i think it's supposed to start shooting next month though so awesome that should be good uh next up a kick-ass reboot and a kingsman universe is coming from matthew vaughn's uh studio marv pictures uh matthew vaughn made kingsman he directed the first kick-ass um so kick-ass had i think the first one was pretty good mm-hmm. it was sort of like a subversion of like what were you knew about whatever superhero movies at that point and kick-ass 2 was weird um and that was five years ago maybe yeah. and i guess they just want to start it all over again but then the kingsman universe they're doing they have a, the, like a kingsman 3 they're doing uh like an eight episode tv show i think about really? the uh about like the 1900s kingsman uh they're doing another spin-off and then they're doing a Statesman movie. So that's that's four different things for this Kingsman universe. Like, do we need that many movies for a Kingsman universe? I feel like it's no. too for, much. First of all, just make Kick-Ass 3. And second yeah. of all, nobody wants a KCU. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do. I love Kingsman. One and two are a lot of fun, but that is a lot of Kingsman. But, I mean, yeah. good for Matthew Vaughn, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, I mean... He's going to be busy. Yeah, pushing it out. He's got this Elton John fantasy R-rated musical biopic or whatever the hell it's supposed to be coming out to. He's just kicking it into high gear. Uh, next up, this movie comes out this weekend, Tag, uh, based on a true story. Uh, Jeremy Renner is in that as the, the friend in the group who is, like, impossible to tag. Fun fact, he um, broke his arms, both his arms, doing stunts on, like, day three of that movie. So his arms are, like, almost entirely CGI in this movie. This headline made me laugh out loud because I just imagined (laughs) Hawkeye, like, going on a mission and immediately breaking both of his arms and just being a useless character. And (laughs) Jeremy Renner finally gets an almost leading role in, like, a fun ensemble movie and just breaks both of his arms how do you manage that? Just, just so ridiculous in a comedy movie. Not even, not even the superhero movie. That's, come on, come on, Jeremy Renner. That's really, really funny. And we, we hope to maybe do a double feature with this movie, but not sure if we have time. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. I, I'm intrigued. I'm, I want to see it. Uh, and in the trailers, you don't really notice the CGI arms all that much. So they must have done a pretty good job. It's no like Henry Cavill upper lip in uh, Justice League. Probably did a good job, job uh, recutting it, shooting around it. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you, do you think he wore like green all over his arms so they could edit that like green screened his arms? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> How do you think that worked? I don't know. There was one shot in the trailer. Someone did like a breakdown once they like whatever heard about, heard about this news story. There was one shot where you can see a cast like on his hand oh, that's or hilarious. arm. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see how it works. Uh, last movie news story of the week. Uh, so we're talking about Hereditary later. Uh, Hereditary was directed and written by Ari Aster, who is this is his first like feature length film that he's doing. Um, A twenty four and him are hooking up again for a new horror thriller called Midsummer uh, about a woman whose parents uh, recently died and is going to Sweden to a small town in Sweden with her boyfriend and his friends uh, during some sort of traditional like weird tradition that this town in sweden has so it sounds like some weird like norse mythology maybe kind of thing working in here a24 continues to take risks on like non-traditional horror and i love it and maybe they don't market them perfectly which i'll talk about later uh with uh, it comes at night and the witch and, and this movie Making outlandish claims it's the scariest movie ever made. But uh, good that, good to see that they're not going with traditional just horror, torture porn, porn and stuff like that. And just taking risks on some cool-sounding cool stuff. Yeah, and uh, Hereditary debut. Hereditary was their highest uh, debut yet for yeah. an opening weekend for a movie. So, you know, it, it's working out, I guess. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And I would love it. I Personally, I would like to see more from this guy. So. Absolutely, after, after this one. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for movie news this week. We have one TV news story. HBO has ordered their first Game of Thrones uh, prequel slash spinoff series. Uh, they ordered a pilot from Jane Goldman and George R. R. Martin. Um, Jane Goldman's going to serve as the showrunner for it. Uh, this is set during the the age, the Golden Age of Heroes, or the Age of Heroes, mm, right? I yeah, think that's what it's called. But it's basically like. This is from a time, it's like tens of thousands of years before what we're seeing right now in Game of Thrones. It's from a time where, like, there is no actual, like, writings or scripture or anything. It's all just sort of, like, word of mouth where mm-hmm. we hear, like, these crazy legends. Like, this is, like, when, like, Azor High was supposed to be um, the, the 
like the, the Knights King, like originally came about, um, like the first men, all that stuff. Um, Brandon the Builder, <laughs> who supposedly built like everything in Westeros somehow. Huh. Uh, but it's basically like those kinds of people set around that time. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's a pretty blank slate. And it sounds kind of cool because it's like we get to see sort of like the bookend. We get to see like this final war that we're going to see in whatever season eight of or season seven of uh, Game of Thrones here next year. And then we get to see like the first big war. Yeah, I guess. Look, I would imagine that's what it would be like. It looks like the network teased one thing. It says, Only one thing's for sure. From the horrifying secrets of Westeros' history to the true origin of the White Walkers, the mysteries of the East to the Starks of legend, it's not the story we think we know. So it's like the beginning of everything. That's That sounds interesting. Jane Goldman yeah. looks like she worked on Kick-Ass and Kingsman, so we were just talking about that. <laughs> um, interesting. I'm glad, got, I'm glad they got one locked down, but what is GRRM doing? He needs to finish that damn book. I don't think he's ever going to finish those books. Oh I, I think most people have probably should probably give up. Does on does that he have like children that can finish it for him, like Tolkien did? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It just feels like he has no interest in writing for that kind of stuff at all. Like he's he'll, he'll clearly write for TV, but he apparently doesn't want to do that. Well, at least the two showrunners uh, of the original Game of Thrones know the ending and are and working on it for us. Yeah. Uh, All right, so that is it for news this week. We have so many trailers. Uh, Two TV trailers to start off with. Uh, Sharp Objects, which uh, stars Amy Adams. It's going to be directed by, can't remember his name, that did Big Little Lies and the movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon. Mm. Um, Written by Gillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl, um, is writing the upcoming Widows movie. And uh, this is uh, an adaptation of the book that she wrote. It's going to be a miniseries. Um, it's about like a, a, a woman that goes back to her hometown that seems like there's some issues, some troubles, some sinister stuff going on in her hometown. A couple and, teenage uh, deaths piled yeah. up on the sheriff's uh, agenda. But yeah. what what is Amy Adams? like? Why is she coming back? I don't think I, I don't, got that from the plot. I feel like she said for work. Okay. But I don't remember what she did It looks like the work. True Detective season two that I've always wanted. You know, it looks that's true. Way more interesting than True Detective season two was, and from a great talent, um, both director writer. Yeah, this looks awesome. Yeah, and it it feels not like directly like like Gone Girl is like yeah. it's not exactly like Gone Girl is. Which, I mean, that's a like I love Gone Girl, but it's nice to see that it's like it's a little different. It's gonna be mysterious and like dark, and probably look at relationships between certain people, but not like a marriage. But it also looks kind of like there's like some trippy and some like mind shit going on, yeah. like not like like superpowers or anything, but like like mental disorders or something. I mean, I trust and like pretty much eighty percent of everything HBO puts out. So Big yeah. Little Lies was great. So yeah. Uh, next up is Kidding. This is a Showtime series starring Jim Carrey, Judy Judy Greer, uh, Catherine Keener. Um, this is about uh, so Jim Carrey is playing this like beloved uh, children's uh, host mm-hmm. like show host slash character like Mr. Rogers but darker yeah a little bit but like he's supposed to be very happy yeah. and like upbeat and then his family life kind of starts uh, deteriorating and it's about him sort of just dealing with that dealing with you know the wind down of his career as well while trying to still be like that that happy person up front so it looks like it looks like like a dramedy like it looks kind of funny at times but it also looks like 
pretty serious. It looks relevant to Jim Carrey and what has been going on with him. I mean, he's yeah. he's out of the limelight. He's out of comedy for a while. And I watched his Comedians with Coffee segment with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and he's just he's kind of weird now. He and is. He's, he is. He's whacked out. He is, yeah. And it's just like the Robin Williams thing, what he said about people who are the happiest are often the most messed up. Um, yeah. So this looks like perfect for him and looks like it's like almost an autobiography for him. Yeah. Did you ever watch the uh, the documentary they did, the Jim and Andy documentary about him? In no, I've heard it's fantastic whatever. though. Yeah. I'm like, because I love Jim Carrey and I like, I know that he's like whacked out now and yeah. like I know that he was a huge ass on that set. Yeah. It's like, I just like, I'm so interested in like how much of an ass on that set he was just for this like movie that is more of just like a, not even like a cult following. It's just like people know it because mm-hmm. he was a dick on set. Yeah. So, um, that's it for the two TV trailers. Now we have a billion eight movie trailers. <laughs> movie trailers. Uh, first up is First Man from Damien Giselle, who made La La Land and Whiplash, starring Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. This is about the first trip to the moon. Um, there, he Damien Chazelle has described it as an action movie. Mm-hmm. He said there's like looks four, like it, yeah. four or five big set pieces, um, and it's like that kind of framed against um, like Neil Armstrong and his wife's relationship. And uh, I think this looks awesome. Yeah, it looks really tension filled. And uh, uh, the top rated comment on Reddit that I really agreed with is no space movie has really captured how the early space missions were just hunks of metal with people being thrown into space, yeah. hoping it works out, not really knowing. And this movie looks like it's going to capture that. Like, you're just a dude in a hunk of metal being thrown up into space, not knowing what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks awesome. Yeah, no, it, de- it definitely feels like like there's stakes. I, I We've gotten into this before about how... <laughs> the, the, a gripe with Infinity War was that, oh, well, we know what's going to happen at the end. It's like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen at the end of this movie, but we know it's going to be a tense-filled ride Correct. up into it. Mm-hmm. So, And Ryan Gosling just gunning for that Oscar. Give him that, this Oscar finally. <laughs> just give it just give it to him. My my new Rusty Ryan in yes, Ocean's yes. movies. <laughs> um, give him the Oscar. Side note, uh, we, uh, yeah. we'll talk about that in Ocean's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, next up is Halloween. Oh my god. Alright, so I don't even like know how this works out because of like all the weird Halloween sequels, but this is supposed to be directly after the first Halloween, I believe. Yeah, so they're, they're retconning they're wiping the wiping away yeah, yeah. wiping so away everything else. In Halloween two, it they turned him into in the first one he's just a random killer that's killing babysitters and chicks and stuff. In Halloween yeah. two they reveal that it's actually Jamie Lee Curtis's brother in the series. Eventually in Halloween H two O she chops his head off, but it's actually he Michael Myers had replaced himself in the mask with a paramedic, so she actually didn't kill him. So they're just wiping everything from Halloween, past Halloween 1, and just starting it as the true Halloween sequel. And they that even addressed like that move. in the trailer by yeah. saying, wasn't his brother? They're like, no, that's something people made up. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a good move. Uh, I, it looks it looks entertaining. I don't know if it looks like scary to me yeah. or like like worth uh, you know, worth going to the theater for to be all that honest. I mean, we're gonna, but like, it looks, but... it looks, it looks fine. Yeah, to um, me, count, put me in the camp of just like it looks fine. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of people are like, oh my god, it's they're back. <laughs> yeah. Michael Myers is back. This looks incredible. Bravo, Daddy McBride. It looks fine. It looks like a generic slasher movie with Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, and like like. 
David Gordon Green is a really good director, but like I don't, he's not. It doesn't feel like he's adding very much here. It just kind of looks standard. Nothing. Like yeah, nothing in this trailer really person. stood out to me as. Yeah. Oh my god, this looks like a fresh yeah. new take on horror. You yeah. know, if it just feels like they're gonna lean into like the Jamie Lee Curtis being like a badass trying to kill him kind of thing yeah. instead of like more straight horror. I'll, I'll write the end of it for you right now. They're gonna both go down killing each other, and then that <laughs> chapter will be closed. Lock it up. Good call. Telling Good call. you. Yep. Put it. <laughs> seal it. Seal it. Deliver it. Uh, next up, my God, I've never been more excited for a movie in my life. The Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh, we talked about the first pictures being released last week with Chris Hemsworth walking through like just a dandelion filled field with like his pants down to his nads and <laughs> yeah. like shirtless. Um, this so this is from Drew Goddard who wrote and directed Cabin in the Woods. He wrote The Martian. Uh, he wrote some of the Daredevil uh, TV series. Um, this is about the El Royale, small town kind of like motel hotel kind of thingy. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is, you know, a little weird. It's, we it's on the, the border of two states, I think. That's yes. its, like, unique thing. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, we got John Hamm as, sort of, as, like, a car salesman that seems to be a little bit more interested in kind of just, like, snooping around and stuff, which we sort of see in the trailer. We get That's where we see, like, the first weird shit going on where there's, like, you can watch people in their rooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of freaky. That's kind of like reminds me of Cabin in the Woods. It immediately too. reminded me of Cabin in the yeah. Woods. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, we won't spoil much, but it's very, res- just very similar in yeah. theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was I was surprised. I, I mean, it. I love the tone of it. I l- love the lines that were being said. Um, I loved the final shot yes. when it's like following the girl out. And then, like, the, the names are, like, popping up around her. And then, it, like, it's the El Royale sign. Um, I was I was surprised how little Chris Hemsworth was in it. Yeah. So, I guess he's just, like, the straight villain. I thought he was going to be, like, one of the people mm-hmm. there. But it sounds like he's, like, the straight villain. Like, something's going on. I feel whatever. like they're saving him for trailer number two. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but it's a star-studded cast. Uh, it just looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah. And, and um, we're probably going to go in it thinking one thing, and it's just going to flip it just like yep. Cabin in the Woods did. So, yep. very excited. 100%. Uh, next up is The Girl in the Spider's Web. So, this is uh, technically a sequel, hmm? kind of. Um, isn't it, isn't it a girl, prequel? Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. No, it's not a prequel. Really? This this is like the f- this was like the fifth book in the series, oh. I'm pretty sure. Um, I guess it could technically be a prequel. I don't know. But a uh, whole new cast. New director, Fede, Fede, Fede Alvarez? I believe that. I don't know how to say his actual name. Uh, he made Don't Breathe and uh, the Evil Dead remake from, like, 2010. Uh, and starring Claire Foy, who is in The Crown, I believe. Yes, that's correct. As the as the new Lisbeth Salander. Um, why? I, I don't like this uh, vibe at all, because why is she like Jason Bourne now? Yeah, first of all, no Rooney Mara, no sale. Um, mm-hmm. No, I guess not really. No, Daniel Craig, no sale. Like I don't care about that. But Rooney Mara was so so great in that role. Yeah, I was disappointed to see that they're moving forward. I swear it said like find out how the dragon became the girl. I thought it was a prequel, but I could be wrong. It's just so weird because like, well, if it is a prequel, that's even worse because she isn't like that in Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Right. She's just a hacker. Like she yeah. doesn't. She's not like a badass like fighting people. Yeah. I, I toned out halfway through watching this. I, mean, yeah. I just I have very little interest, and 
obviously that was Fincher before, so just a masterclass yeah. filmmaker. Um, we'll see. And it's Sony yeah. as well. Who the hell knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, the thing is, is like I like Alvarez. I like what he's done before. So like I. Like there's potential here, but it's just like I just don't, I can't get on board with it. Yeah, uh, hopefully we're surprised though. Could be, it could be yeah. good. I mean, it's a good property, and it's a shame. I, I didn't it fail at the box office the first one. Uh, kinda. Yeah, it didn't make like a ton of money, but I, I know it, it broke even. I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. We'll see. Yeah. Um, next up is Serenity. Um, this is not like the uh, the Joss Whedon sci-fi uh, TV show slash movie. Uh, this stars Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jason Clarke, uh, Diane Hunt, Keaton, Keaton. Yeah, is that Diane Keaton? Mm-hmm. God, I never know the difference. <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey uh, used to be with Anne Hathaway, I guess, mm-hmm. and he's he's like a fisherman. He's out on his boat. Uh, down in the ocean somewhere, and Anne Hathaway comes to him and is like, yo, Jason Clark is my husband, and he's abusive and terrible. I want you to bring him out and throw him to the sharks. And then there's some weird plot stuff going on from this trailer. Like, this this town has, like, some weird little secret or something, or, like, everyone knows everything, and, like, maybe he's being set up. Like, maybe he's, like, going crazy. I think it looks really good. It looks really good, but I don't know what the hell it's about. So yeah, good yeah. bravo, because I would not have been able to even recap what I saw. It looks awesome. I mean, McCona- we were in the reconnaissance, McCona- and this will mm-hmm. probably be excellent. Hathaway, yeah. great notions eight, so this, this will probably be tight. Yeah. Uh, next up is A Star is Born, which is technically a remake of a Barbra really? Streisand movie from back in the 70s, I believe. Uh, this is directed by Bradley Cooper, starring Ooh. Bradley Cooper, starring Lady Gaga. Um, it's pronounced Gaga, and, that's correct. Yes, yes. And uh, Bradley Cooper is like a, like, a, like a fading country star or something, and he finds Lady Gaga, who's like a really good singer somewhere who doesn't write her own stuff or something, and then they write songs together brings her out and she's the star that is born she, so she thinks she's really ugly and that's why she doesn't sing yeah something <laughs> it's like, like the that. ready player one scenario like yeah. you look you look fine actually like she actually <laughs> does look kind of unrecognizable without makeup mm-hmm. and yeah. i know that was part of just like her image before but so it's good to see her just without makeup and just being a person i didn't think she was i guess the i don't really know what else she's been in uh, I guess the only thing I know that she's been on is like American Horror Story, and I haven't yeah. heard good stuff about what she's done there. She was just in basically a bunch of softcore porn scenes in the oh, hotel. Okay. Like every time she was on scene, she was having sex. <laughs> Wild. Uh, she was fine in it, though. Uh, and this looks pretty good. Uh, I'm sure it's gunning for some Oscars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's posturing for that. Yeah. Bradley Cooper's actually got some decent pipes, too. I was surprised. Really? Was like, Do you think okay that was him? Singing. Yeah, it is. It is. That's like that was like the deal that him and Lady Gaga made. Hmm. He was because he was like he's like there's nothing more like you can always tell when someone's lip syncing in a movie and they like agreed like there's nothing worse than that. Hmm. And Lady Gaga was like like I'm a singer more than I'm an actress, but like I will put my heart and soul into acting for you if you try and sing as well as you can act. So it's almost a real life behind the scenes thing that the movie plot in is a in a way in a way interesting yeah, um <laughs> final thought is bradley cooper's face looks like a catcher's mitt like what looks like <laughs> his face looks <laughs> like 
like he's a very weathered like yeah. he's been tanning way too long and <laughs> yeah uh, yeah he's been he's been laying out in the sun down yeah. in texas for like 10 straight years yeah, no just working in the desert yeah, yeah. doing construction uh, <laughs> uh next up is lego movie 2 the second part uh had a teaser trailer drop this teaser trailer was not a teaser this was like three minutes long yeah. um looks like we're we got our you know emmett and the sidekick chick uh are in like this like post-apocalyptic looking desert kind of yeah. lego setting and then some like alien ship comes and takes her and the whole crew will arnett's batman is gone um and you know emmett's out to save her then yeah it looks like more the it, same i mean it, yeah i i just yeah I, I like how are they gonna i part of what made like the first one so good was like the whole like dad being like the the big bad or will ferrell yeah. and then like that like reflection like how are they gonna do that with this i feel like it's like that novelty has worn off is it the same duo is it the lord and miller i think so yeah yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. I just, I don't. I'm not that excited about it. It looks fine. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. when it comes out, we'll watch it and be like, "That was great, better than I thought." Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't too sold. I they they were leaning into the kitty humor too. Yeah, there wasn't as yeah. like many like kind of like hidden kind of jokes mm-hmm. for like the adults in the trailer at least. So the Batman part of Lego the was fine as well. It was yeah. it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Uh, last trailer of the week is the Bumblebee trailer. Bumblebee, the final Transformers movie in the the Michael Bay Transformers universe um, before they, you know, probably rebooted in like three years. Uh, got Haley Steinfeld, and she's the owner of Bumblebee, Bumblebee, and then Bumblebee all of a sudden, you know, becomes Bumblebee mm-hmm. in front of her one day. And my favorite thing is what she's she, – the, the, the best part of the trailer was she goes, what – are you <laughs> like first rude? of all <laughs> this is from the guy that did kubo and the two strings and paranorman and has yes. directed some other stuff and i thought it looked okay i was cautiously optimistic but yes you're correct she had a strangely calm reaction to being yeah. under her car and yeah. shards of metal warping around her fit first of all she'd be screaming like, ah! yeah. like thinking she was gonna get her hand cut off or something but yeah i, I think it looks okay yeah, no, it, it looks fine. Um, I'm actually it's excited nice that it's, for it. It's nice that it doesn't feel like it's like an end of the world kind of thing like every other one yeah, was. Yeah, So a little more contained in a way. And when, I think that'll help it. What I really liked is when you see, is it Starscream that is the yes. jet? Yeah. Yep. When, when they're warping, you can see the parts warping into Transformers. It doesn't just look like a thousand gears and yeah. shards and knives warping together that you just are just like uh, yeah i can tell they're warping but i don't know what's what it looks like parts of the car are becoming the transformer which is in line with the toys yeah so in the hands of a new director a little bit probably different take on it i'm actually cautiously optimistic for this yeah yeah we'll see how it goes uh, i think it's a like a christmas release which is an interesting release date for this okay, but uh okay. But yeah, we'll probably we'll probably uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be, talk about it. We'll be seeing it. Uh, that is it for trailers this week. It is time for reviews. We will talk about Ocean's Eight first. Before we go into hating our depressive lives after watching Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, we'll we'll start non we'll do non spoilers and then spoilers. Uh. So Ocean's Eight, like we said, a continuation reboot spinoff kind of thing. Uh, you got. Sandra Bullock, Cate Blanchett, uh, <laughs> Rihanna, Aquafina, Sarah Paulson, Mindy Kaling, 
Anne Hathaway's in this as like almost like like a version of herself, but like more ridiculous. outlandish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then who's the dude? Richard Armitage. I don't. Was that? I think that's his name. Is that he the was, guy he from was The in, Hobbit? Yeah, he was in The Hobbit. Was he the main yeah. guy? I think so. Oh, yeah. I, I could barely recognize him. Uh, yeah, uh, as uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, former boyfriend that screws her over. James Corden. James Corden is in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah, he's got he's got a good part in this. I was surprised. I'm a James um, Corden hater, and I still thought he was all right. All right, yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Um, but Sandra Bullock plays Danny Ocean's brother, sister, Ed, or sister. There we go, <laughs> Debbie Ocean. Um, and yeah, so she's been pissed that she got screwed over and framed by her ex-boyfriend plans this whole heist at the met gala and then she's out and that's what happens is they do a heist as oceans movies are known to do Mm -hmm. uh what did you think about this movie i thought it was average um it was all right Uh, it was not offensive to me and it was certainly way better than the ghostbusters all-female reboot uh the whole like all-female thing didn't really i mean it didn't bother me i don't think it was like too in your face which i liked yeah yeah it, it was it was a it was an okay okay film yeah about you? i i uh no i actually liked it quite a bit i was surprised by how much i liked it um it's kind of void of tension uh that is my 100 percent biggest complaint everything goes which, perfectly yeah, which kind of hurts, but everything else, like, these, like, Ocean's movies are just so fun. Like, I love heist movies as it is, and Ocean's movies are just, like, fun, entertaining to watch heist movies. Yeah. And they have it down for the most part. It's a different director. It's not Steven Soderbergh. It's Gary Ross. Um, But, like, he has enough of, like, a imitating style of Soderbergh at times that, like, yeah. it works. Um, Like, it's, it's, I think it's better than Ocean's 12, but it's below the other two. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if I, was, I, if I had to rank them, it'd be 11, obviously, is the best, 13, mm-hmm. 8, 12. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, it, it was just, it was fun. I, I was actually surprised how much I liked Rihanna and how much I liked Aquafina. I think, like, Aquafina was probably, like, the second best part of the movie. She was um, she was a little under, I think there was a lot of underutilization of mm-hmm. some of the funny characters. You got Mindy Kaling, she's way funnier than she was in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Aquafina. I've never really liked that person, that actress. I mean, isn't she just like a YouTube rapper that is trying to get into acting? But she had a, guess, she had a yeah. couple funny lines that mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of turned around on her. They gave Camp Bl- Kate Blanchett nothing to do, um, but yeah, Sarah, the, the, Sandra Bullock was was good. The, like, yeah, but even I would say even so, like the, Sandra Bullock didn't even have that much to do. She I no, like she walked around st- smirking and extremely confident yeah. the entire time and chewing with yeah. her mouth open. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, it, it, yeah, I don't know, it, it felt kind of weird, and that's another thing, is, like, it was void attention, and it also didn't feel like they really had, like, arcs, like, yeah. character arcs for any of the characters, except for maybe, like, one or two, mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of disappointing, uh, Anne Hathaway was outstanding, she was, she was the, the standout, part. absolutely, and I did not ex- yeah. expect that, um, I also don't think that there was really a hateable villain, really, in this one, compared to, yep. um, yeah. the villains in 11, 12, 13, um, I just, I, I, it makes you, if there's a really hateable villain, it makes you really root for the team. This mm-hmm. one, I was just like, it'd be cool if they succeed. Yeah, yeah. But if they don't, they're not going against a really bad dude or girl. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> certainly did. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't play the, the, the whole villain thing up yeah. very much. It was just kind of like, the villain is 
the law <laughs> so the law or like yeah i mean anne hathaway in the trailers they kind of point out to be the villain but she's yeah. kind of likable just goofy yeah 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 she's the mark she's not even yeah, yeah she's not like a yeah um i don't really know what else i can say non-spoiler wise yeah um i like half of the crew or more than half of the crew i don't really like rihanna as an actor she bores me to tears which is fine they didn't give her a lot of lines yeah yeah she had she had to get into a dress that made her boobs look really bad that was cool um (laughs) there's some other like weirdly sexist things that we'll talk about in spoilers that i was like really why did they include this this is a female front-led movie um but overall it was it could have been a lot worse you know it could have been a ghostbusters so i was happy that it was it was okay it was entertaining it's a movie i'll throw on in the background again yeah, uh, grades. C. C, wow, okay. Hey, C uh, is average. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm going to give this a B. Okay, above average. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah. you had some fun with it then. That's good. I did, That's I good. did. I came out of it and I was happy that I went and saw it. Do you think it was low expectations that, that got you happy about it, or were you going in with pretty high expectations? I didn't have high, I, was, I would say my expectations were like, yeah, I guess they were fairly low, but they were just like, like they weren't super low. It was like, I'm expecting this to be average, but it was like actually entertaining. Mm-hmm. So I thought um, the trailers were really bad. So I went in with kind yes. of medi- yes. mediocre expectations and it met slash almost exceeded them. Yeah. So, um, all right. So that is it for non-spoilers for oceans eight spoilers start now. If you have not seen the movie and, or do not want to be spoiled, uh, stop listening and you can uh, jump ahead to our hereditary non-spoiler review. If you want to do that, uh, all right, Ocean's 8, spoilers. Um, James Corden, that was, first off, it was it was weird, like, the the descending action there at the end, where it was like, they stole everything, and then they brought in James Corden, and it was like, oh, okay, so, blah, 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 yeah. he knows, essentially, like, sh- they did this, and but he can't prove it, and... Yeah, we're 60 minutes in, and the heist is over. I'm like... yeah what is there another and of course there's a heist within a heist that they don't tell yeah. the audience about which i fucking hate that was that was dumb yeah that was um, dumb. we'll talk about uh, that soon but yeah it kind of everything came to a halt and yeah. then james corden came in and i was like oh there's still half hour left what are they doing here? yeah 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 but he he was entertaining enough i liked what he was doing like i knew that they were going to get away with it so like it wasn't you know there yeah. was no again no tension there but so, Let's but he but he was funny and like the way that he like played a very serious like insurance fraud investigator but like, kind of goofy chuckle. but like yeah. but like I think he's a good insurance investigator he's yes. it was insinuated that he's put maybe Danny Ocean away and some mm-hmm. of that crew away but he was just kind yeah. of a goofball about it and yeah. I usually hate his face I hate celebrities doing karaoke and I just want to punch <laughs> him but I thought he was pretty good in this it turned me around yeah, yeah. um yeah I it, the the twist where they had whatever they they were actually stealing other stuff, which somehow ended up to be worth more than the thing that they were getting anyways. That was so dumb. I was just like, why? Yeah, no. I got a lot to say about this, so I hope you're ready. Go um, ahead. I hated Ocean's Twelve for that reason, where basically they shoot a movie, and then in the last ten minutes they do a gotcha moment when they're like, "We're smarter than the audience, and we did this, and we put this movie in front of you, but we were actually doing something else." And this is cool isn't it we did something else and didn't tell you like i hate that the thing is is like yeah you can get away with that sometimes but like you have to lay the groundwork that that's that's a thing that could be happening they don't do that at all 
I guess they, the only, they do say don't do a job into inside a job, but it's misdirect because you think, yeah, they're going. He's she's going after her ex boyfriend, which she was. I don't know. Um, but, but like the only time we see that all that other stuff and it's ever like referenced mm-hmm. is when it's like Anne Hathaway walking through there yeah. for like her like little interview thing and she's like talking about it. Yeah. And that's that's twenty five seconds a half hour into the movie and then no other mention of it. So she brings in six other people to do 10% of the take. The other 90% she's doing on the side and she risked all those people's lives for a small boyfriend, ex-boyfriend revenge play. That's really shitty. (laughs) She was not upfront about what the plan is, what her motives are. Like that's really shitty. It is. Yeah. She's uh, (laughs) a, yeah. Kind of, kind of a, kind of a poor leader move. Yeah, I must say. But Danny Ocean did some shady stuff as far as plans and and motives and relationship yes, stuff. Yes. So runs in the family, yes, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna we're gonna flip all the way back to the start. I really liked the beginning. Oh yeah. First off, the shoplifting stuff. Yes, great. Never would have expected that. First That's a crazy shoplifting good. move. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that was yeah. No, I loved I loved her whole setup of just like getting out. All of a sudden, just trying to be high class right away by stealing every kind of your way and stealing everything. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I. I. I really wish they gave Kate Blanchett more to do. She did nothing. It was just, I mean, it, she was just there to like to wear cool outfits and look like David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like have a British accent sometimes, yeah. but not other times. Yeah. Um. I didn't really like the the recruitment of everybody. It was really quick. I wish they yeah. gave them more time to breathe. And yeah, just underutilized of supporting actresses that are really good, really funny. Like Mindy Kaling's hilarious, and she had you could maybe say eight lines, ten lines. I mean, she barely yeah. said anything. And yeah. when she did, uh, that whole like when Hel- Helena Bonham Carter was doing all that French talk, or somebody else was doing all that French talk, and she goes mm-hmm. "we," oh, like that got a huge laugh in the audience. So underutilized. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it, this movie was essentially. It was like it, it was like okay, the first twenty minutes are gonna be seventy five percent Sandra Bullock, and then Kate Blanchett. Except like I still feel like we don't know them that well. I don't know. I don't like, know anything about her character. And, and there's quick ten minutes of recruiting everyone else, and I would say Sarah Paulson probably got the best introduction because yeah. they hint at like a backstory between her and Sandra Bullock before, and like. I was super confused by what was going on with her, like having like an Amazon warehouse at the end. I think too. she steals was... <laughs> from retail truckloads and deliveries yeah. and flips them on eBay. Yeah. Um, but then like everyone else was just like, all right, this is this person. This is what they offer. Now they're in the crew. Yeah. This is a hacker. This is a sleight of yeah. hand person. Aquafina. <laughs> yeah. Minnie Kaling is, she knows stuff about diamonds. Okay. Team yeah. assembled. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was right into like, the planning of the, I mean, like that's not like the worst thing. It's a heist movie, so like most of like that first act, beginning of the second act, is gonna be planning the heist. But yeah. like, I'd like to get to know these characters a little bit more. Just so like I'm a little bit more attached when they might get caught. <laughs> Which let's talk about that. There are, I think, two to three scenes where they might have a problem, and the biggest problem is the necklace needs a magnetic unlock thing, yep. which is remedied moments later. Yeah, and that was the yeah. biggest issue in the movie, like the yeah. biggest thing that could have got them caught. Yeah, that was that was the that was the huge twist, and like Rihanna makes a call to her kid the, sister, and it's taken care of. 
yeah, literally, she, she's a magnet expert. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just uh, just based off of one, like two pictures that Helena Bottom Carter took, like yeah. on her phone secretly. Yeah. Okay, um, um, I really, I thought they were gonna make it like the big thing that they have to overcome because they were going in without that problem solved. And I yeah. thought it was going to have to be a continuous, do we have it ready yet? Do we have it ready yet? Can we deliver this? How are we going to get it off? Aquafina's in the bathroom. She's ready to take it off. We don't have yeah. the magnet. They could have used that as a tension building thing. Like, yeah. But they didn't. It was, I don't know. It just felt shot. It's just like a re, re I don't know. It's bad. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, no, 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 no. It, 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 that, that hurts. It was just, it, everything was just so smooth. Even, like, and the thing is, is, like, they should have been caught. Like, if anyone was good at their job, they'd realize that these random women that have criminal criminal records (laughs) are awkwardly walking around at the most exclusive event party in the world and are talking to themselves into their ear Mm -hmm. or their hand Mm -hmm. randomly. It's Mm -hmm. like, come on. Like, I know it was, like, the whole blind spot, but it was like, you can still see her in the blind spot. (laughs) Like, it seems like a pretty easy... Not good alibi. <laughs> I think there were only two other tension building moments where the one of the security guards was almost gonna knock on the door where Mindy Kaling was. Yeah, he still doesn't come within ten feet of the door. Yeah. He doesn't even grab no. the handle or anything. Doesn't even look at it. Yeah, like he looks around the room and they're like, "Oh, that's where she is in that room across the room, thirty feet away." Oh, he's kind of walk- warmer, warmer. Nope, situation's resolved. He's out. <laughs> and then it, yeah, and then and then it was like yeah. Uh, then then the next one was like oh shit like yeah we gotta you gotta find it right away find it right now because the security guard's right there and she just grabs it and she's like oh i found it mm-hmm. look at it look over here yeah it's like feels like the person that found it would probably get questioned like the well. most yeah how did you <laughs> yeah. get this job what is your background yeah. what does your garage look like <laughs> uh yeah also just hire a woman security guard that can accompany her into the yeah. bathroom yeah yeah. You think like the yeah, like the most intense security detail like would think of doing that. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. They're buffoons though. Um I had a couple other random notes that I wrote down. So let's talk about the there's two cameos. Who was the first what's the old guy's last name? Or or uh, Elliot Ruben. Elliot Gould. Ruben. Elliot Gould, yeah. yeah. That was an alright cameo. Yeah, it was whatever. And then the Asian man. Yeah. Keynote yeah. man. The man yeah. comes in to save the day. And do the ninety percent of the take. Come on, why can't let the women do their thing? This is a women-led reboot or continuation. Like he came in and he did the big, the big thing. I mean, he's got to make some money. He literally is uh, an actual acrobat, and he's only been in the Ocean's movies, yeah, so yeah, he's got to be in this one. Yeah, I don't know. It was fun seeing him. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I didn't really care for the cameos. Yeah. Let's talk I would about like to the see lack of cameos. Or George Clooney. I would like to see one of those two. Damon had a cameo, then it got cut because of a petition yeah. to not have him in it. Yeah. Like, what Absurd. the hell? Come on, um, Matt Damon's the king of cameos. Yeah. We'll talk about the ending soon. I, did you have anything else that specifically you wanted to go over? I got two more things. Uh, oh, let's talk about Anne Hathaway. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Anne Hathaway was hilarious. What about um, the twist? I was... I. I, I didn't see like, it. Like I don't want to say like I was expecting it to come, but like I was like she can't be this dumb that she's like this oblivious. Yeah. I, so liked I was like it. there's got to there's got to be some sort of thing. Also a famous actress like that would not just join a fucking crime crew. I think it was insinuated friends. that she was in debt. 
I can't remember. Was it something? No, no, no. Said. That was that was Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter. Was oh, that. okay. She literally Anne Hathaway literally says like because I don't have I don't have I don't have that many <laughs> close female friends. So uh, you don't know girls, Austin. You don't know how lonely they can get. Come on. I guess they, they need guess, friends. Yeah. They have problems making friends sometimes. Maybe she's I just guess. insensitive. She you could sell you could remember that freak out scene where she That's thought her true. neck was super fat. That's true. You mean while she looks that's gorgeous. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's, speaking of Anne Hathaway, so did she just bang the guy she went with the gala with that night just to incriminate him? I think so. <laughs> that's what that's what I took away. That was bad. Because yeah. it was like whatever. She goes over ties him up to the bed. Yeah. And then, like, whatever, lays it out perfectly. But then, and then goes back to bed with him. Maybe. Yeah, she definitely stayed over because, yeah. like, everything was all strewn about still when the dude woke up in the yeah. morning. Maybe she was like, I have a headache, and that was just to... But it seemed like maybe. she yeah, no, she went to town. Felt, yeah, yeah. Felt like, yeah. Uh, only other note I had is, yeah, like, we've talked about the underutilization of characters. Like, the Tinder scene between Mindy Kaling and Aquafina. Like, yeah. more of that. More of that I, I kind of would have liked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that felt weird, too, because it was just, like... That was, like, in the midst of the planning yeah. of the heist. And it was like, we didn't get another scene like that at all. Until the ending kind of follow-up. But yet, there, and the random Aquafina in the bathroom saying, yeah. Danny Ocean looks hot. Like, I just feel like none of the characters really interacted with each other mm-hmm. too much. You know? Yeah, yeah, no. It was, uh, it was like, they had team chemistry, but it, it didn't feel like it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Somehow they had good enough team chemistry that the heist went off without a hitch, but also we can't tell if they really like each other all that much. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, were you expecting to see uh, George Clooney at the end? I certainly was. Yeah, I was too, and I was very upset that we didn't. Some people are saying, let the girls do their thing. We don't need the man to come in and be the cool cameo at the end. So, I, I mean, I can see that, but... I have a feeling they're gonna. This is this made some good money. They'll they'll continue to make Ocean's Nine and Ten, and then maybe do like an eleven point five or something with the with the yeah. with the females. So would have been nice to start building that universe. I mean, they had two cameos. They cut Matt Damon. Maybe that was the big one that they were gonna have in there. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, I would have liked to see him. I was waiting for it. Do you think he's really dead? Yeah. You know he's not. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No. Did he fake no his way. death in thirteen? Did he? I think he did. I don't know. I can't I don't remember. remember. Well, maybe I'll have to go back and watch. He'll be back. <laughs> uh, I do think I do think a, a sequel would be better than this was. Yeah, you wouldn't have to spend the time setting. Well, actually, we could use some more setup on who these people are. I think, but yeah, but, but like once, not like getting the crew together. Yeah. like you can like actually show the camaraderie. They'll get the tone down. They'll they'll get some confidence behind the the script mm-hmm. and direction. Like, okay, we didn't we finally didn't screw up an all female reboot. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it was all right. All right, I had, I had a, yeah. a list of cameos. Let's see if you caught them all. Do you know who? Anna Winter is? I don't. Yep. Uh, yeah. Zayn Malik, Katie Holmes, yep. Maria Sharapova, yeah. Serena Williams, Kim Kardashian, yeah. saw them, or saw those yeah. gals, Adriana Lima, Kylie Jenner, Alexander Wang, Kendall Jenner, Olivia Munn, Zach Posen, Haley Baldwin, Derek Blasberg, and Lauren Santo Domingo. Don't know half those people, but they were all cameoed. Yeah, I know most of them. There were a couple cameos where I was like, I don't know who these celebrities are supposed to be. Yeah, and then it was like, yeah. Oh, but and like, then there was like it, Dakota Fanning, and I think Topher Grace, yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Dakota Fanning also in there for one scene, and then nothing else. And she was that playing was someone else. She was not playing herself. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. Yeah, but I felt like I felt they were, they were gonna build up that like weird rivalry that her and Anne Hathaway had. Oh, like, I didn't it wasn't know they a had real one. rivalry, but but it was like well, Anne Hathaway 
they only met with Dakota Fanning to make Anne Hathaway jealous. Oh, right. So right, Anne right. Hathaway right. got jealous, right. and they, yep. whatever. I thought they might play that up a little bit more, but they didn't. Yep. And kind of felt like a missed opportunity. Yep, but, uh, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, grades again? C. Average. C, and then a B for me. I think it's worth it to go ahead and have some fun. Just yeah, kick was, back, relax, fun. watch it. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't bad. Yeah, no. Uh, all right, so that is it for the Ocean's 8 spoiler review now we are going to talk about Hereditary. I'm starting to laugh just because like I'm uncomfortable talking about it. I think that's um, some I'm people's just... defense mechanism is they laugh uh, when it's scary or too messed up to comprehend. Yeah, welcome to my theater last night. Yeah, um, same here. Uh, yeah, so Hereditary. Um, so this is from A24. Uh, Ari Aster, like we were talking about before, first time feature-length director. Uh, Tony Collette is in this as the mom. Uh Gabriel Byrne as the father, um, Nat Wolf. No, Alex Wolf, who is who? He was he was one of the Boston Bombers. He in was the Patriots Day movie. Yep. Um, is the son, and then there's a thirteen year old daughter who who plays Matilda on Broadway, I believe. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is centered around that family. Uh, Tony Collette's mom dies. They had a weird sort of estranged relationship almost. Um, she didn't really know much about her, and she kind of had, like, mental disorders. Um, and it just kind of starts uh, at the funeral and builds from there. Something sinister might be going on. Something might be weird. It's kind of about coping, about, obviously, hereditary traits and mm-hmm. what kind of stuff can pass down there. Uh, but this is a uh, this is a horror movie. This is intense. It is disturbing there's like it's straight part of my language it's like straight fucked up that's a lot of the time that's the first note i want to make is i i didn't think this movie was scary it was fucked up yeah no i uh i was sitting there and like i was the the trailer scared the shit out of me Mm -hmm. i had like trouble sleeping after watching the trailer (laughs) like the trailer i think the trailer was more scary than the movie yeah and i think in terms of scariness which is like a weird thing to say this movie was more horrifying than it was scary yeah and the trailer um, this is going to be a knock on the movie for me is the trailer was misleading just like A24's trailer on It Comes at Night for me at least. Uh, the marketing was misleading with all the – I've seen some ads on Instagram, Snapchat. The scariest movie since The Exorcist. Yeah. The scariest movie yeah. ever made is what people are calling it. We did a study on people's heart rate and it, <laughs> and it goes through the roof when they watch this movie. I don't think so. It was definitely uncomfortable and explores some really dark stuff. But I wasn't super scared by it. Yeah, no, uh, that was that was the first thing that uh, I said coming out of it. It was just kind of like, I think that's one that's just going to be more like it sticks with you after the fact yeah. as opposed to like you're scared during it. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's no, it, which is nice. There's not really that many jump scares. Um, Big pet peeve of ours. We hate jump scares. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just, honestly, it's just tense the entire time. You're kind of like, the way that they, this is a testament, this, this director has a great eye. Whoever was the cinematographer for Great this was future incredible. Here. Yeah. Um, the way that the camera moves just to kind of build up suspense and make you tense and kind of worried, just building off like the audience expectations of like what other horror movies do for jump scares. You're kind of like expecting it at times, but then not, nothing happens. But it's still just kind of like you're still like kind of messed up. If you haven't um, seen this yet, just keep your eye out in the backgrounds and the blurred yeah. kind of side corners just there's so much foreshadowing there's so many things that you that you miss that I'm really excited for a rewatch because yeah. now that I know kind of um, what this is about and what happens good god there's there's a lot of foreshadowing 
yeah yeah um yeah little little things in the script uh little things that you see just sort of around the 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 settings that you're at um certain certain characteristics that facial expressions that people have in the back Um, yeah there's a lot of times where i go did i just did you do you see yeah did i just see yeah what what was was that why is that person smiling all freaking weird yeah or was that just like somebody breathing in the back like what yeah. What was that? <laughs> there is a there is one scene where there's something in the background and um I <laughs> I'd seen a tweet uh last week and it was like I can't wait to like go watch uh Hereditary again. There's a scene where you see something but it's not readily apparent. Yep. And a lady down the row from me just a guttural like from the deepest part of her soul started going no <laughs> and he was like uh, and that exactly is like the perfect description of that scene and i straight up when that scene came around because i was constantly like looking yeah, for shit yeah. in the background i was like oh no and i like tapped the person that i was with and i was like Do you, is that yep. something mm-hmm. right is that something right there we'll talk about it later but that's why i'm saying yeah. keep your eye out not just yeah. on the focus because there's a lot there's a lot going on in every scene of this and you some lines that you think are throwaway lines are not and it's just foreshadowing upon foreshadowing really yeah. good and performances my god tony collette tony yeah tony collette has been you know getting all the raves she is outstanding the sun yeah incredible. is also yeah. incredible yeah he he has some stuff in this that like blew me away the, those two have did some performances around both being scared and showing grief that were mm-hmm. just some of the best that i've ever seen there's something yeah. that happens to the mom where you know she's crying from the the, the depths of her soul and it is like the most blood-curdling savage crying that yeah. i've ever heard and some yeah. scenes where he the son is so scared and he just does it in a way where like i believe that you are seeing something mm-hmm. messed up and sometimes they don't yeah. even show you what he's looking at, but you can tell whatever he's looking at is messed up. That's another. That's another thing about this movie is uh, it, apparently this is like an actual thing that Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, did a lot, where it's like just facial reactions and not showing you exactly like what this person is yeah. seeing that scares them or is like uh, putting them in wonder. And they do this. This director does that here, but holds it like even longer, and that's part of what makes it even more scary because like you have to take in just like the emotions that these people these actors or whatever these characters are going through without knowing exactly what it is and then like part of it is like your mind is running wild like, with like what are oh they my looking God, like at? what yeah. could it be yeah. and uh i'd say like yeah. yeah i know the type of scene you're talking about where you you see the reaction but then eventually pretty quickly you see what they're looking at this film yeah. it's like three times longer than you're used to they hold on the character's face and you're like show yeah. me what they're looking at so my mind can stop building it for me yeah um <laughs> There's there's one in particular uh, where they do that and it kind of like kicks off how messed up this movie is gonna be mm-hmm. and it's like the longest whole withholding something to see yeah. that and it was like one of the most disturbing things ever. I agree. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else I can say. Uh, non- don't want to leave Ann Dowd out. She was uh, I think that's her name. Oh yeah, she Anne was Dowd, yeah. really really good. She continues to be a standout in everything she's in. The Leftovers, The Handmaid's Tale. Every yep. time I see her, I'm like, we're in for something good. She was really good in this, more than meets the eye. Um, 
Everybody, yeah. even the dad, really good performance. Yeah, the dad was him. good. It's kind of like reserved, kind of like just trying to hold everything together. Yeah, um, he's the voice yeah. of reason. He's basically the skeptics in the audience, like myself. Um, yep. The kid Charlie was really good uh, with yeah. the limited lines she's given. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what's going on with her, so that yeah. was really off-putting. <laughs> yeah, uh, really, she was haunting. Really good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, I like the score too. The yeah, score the score was, was used really effectively. Score is really effective. Um, Creepy. Were, yeah, yeah, and there were, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It was again. It was just disturbing yeah. all around. Everything yeah. was just kind of like playing into your mind like i this just doesn't feel right and that's like what was just the through line with this movie so i think my two critical points of at least the non-spoilers is the first act was really slow but i do think that they were building the tension building the dread i could have used it a little snappier though this yeah i would say that this is it almost plays as just like a very intense family drama at times and that's sort of like but then at a certain point it hits like full-on bonkers Mm -hmm. um but you still like the horror elements sprinkled throughout like you know you're in a horror movie the entire time but there are times where it just feels like you're just kind of like sitting watching this very like harrowing family drama and that can kind of hurt especially based on the marketing that they gave off yeah and that's the second point is i went in expecting a little faster paced tighter scarier film uh after all the stuff that they've been putting out about scariest film since the scariest film you've ever seen and after the first scare, they kind of paused for a long time. Yeah. And granted, it built the tension. I was looking in the background, but still nothing really happened from a horror standpoint for quite a while again. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely feels long. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there, were, there, was a, there was a certain point where I was like, all right, is something actually going to happen? Correct. Or are we gonna, so you kind of felt wrong? that too. Did I get yeah. it comes at night again? Yes. Yeah. Um, this is nowhere near... It comes at night level, but uh, third act actually pays off in this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, good God. But we've got uh, a lot to talk about with spoilers because there's. Whew, yeah. We don't even know what we saw basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, grades. I'm gonna go B plus without the marketing misdirect. I think this could have been a minus for me. Uh, it's a B minus for me right now. Um, I think when I I unfortunately have to go see it again with some other friends. Uh, there you go. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. There's so much that and, I'm reading yeah, that and I, I missed. Th- I think, yeah, I think I'm going to like it more now that I know how to like kind of temper certain expectations and look out for more stuff and probably be a little bit more appreciative of certain things. Yeah. So it's a B minus right now. It could jump up to a B. Um, but yeah, I think I've, yeah. I've got to I've got to ignore marketing that says it's the scariest movie that you're going to see in X amount of time because it never is. Yeah. It never lives up to the freaking hype. <laughs> I let myself get overhyped again. So it was good though. Oh, uh, yeah, really good. Yeah. If you like horror, you should definitely see this movie. Um, let's uh, let's talk spoilers. Let's talk about what we do or don't understand about this movie. Let's talk about the first scare. The first when you the first scare. Yeah, the very first scare. Yeah. So like when you see the grandma in, in the, corner. the corner. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was terrifying. Yeah. Um, That's what got me really pumped, and then yeah. it kind of went away for a while, which disappointed me. But that was creepy. I yeah, loved that was, it. I and loved she's like it. kind of smiling yeah, too. Yeah, she had like, a creepy smile. It's really yeah, off-putting. The, yeah, the the weird smiles that it, like happened like four times yeah. throughout this movie were just even like, at the funeral. Oh. There was a dude smiling. Yeah, and that yeah, it kept happening. And you realize later those are cult, real live cult members. I don't think yeah. those were spirits or demons or anything. Those were no, yeah, they were they were live. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, uh, this is actually something else. I was surprised they didn't play up the. Uh, 
the like the the dollhouses or whatever like mm-hmm. the the miniature sets as much as like I was expecting. I thought they could have done more with that. I know there's probably just more so a metaphor for the mm-hmm. story and how whatever they were sort of just pawns in this game essentially. Um but uh I, ex- I felt like they could have done a little bit more with that. I expected some scenes where, like, you think it's part of the dollhouse yep. and then uh, something happens. There yes. weren't too yeah. many of those. Yeah. No. No, no, no. There yeah. wasn't. Um, I I was surprised at kind of how – I think the thing is, is, like, were you at any point – did you think, like, they were just going to do this straight – is she going crazy or are they going crazy or is it real kind of thing? It, cause it felt like they were trying to do that at times, but it was also like right from the beginning, pretty early in the beginning, you kind of like, there's like a pretty ham fisted note from the grandma, like your sacrifices will be worth it or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, thank yeah. you, I guess I can, but I think know what this is going then. I still think it was kind of like still playing on the viewer's skepticism where do you think that this is a pile of shit or do you think there's something real and demonic going on? I was surprised that they jumped into the supernatural very quickly with the cup scene and the cup moving so quickly. I thought they'd play with the viewers' expectations of, oh, are they just moving it with their hands? But it just shot across the table. I'm like, okay, they're going supernatural. Yeah, yeah. 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 I did appreciate that they did. They didn't kind of dilly dally with that because, yeah. like, by that point, I was kind of like, it's like right, let's I just go, want something to let's move. go, yeah, let's let's get it, let's get it popping. Yeah, I wanted the glass to just explode or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, the, the first, whatever, the first 20 minutes are, you know, just kind of like you get this feeling like, okay, something's a little bit off because you get the smiling person at church. You get like the weird, the weird pendant sort of symbol necklace of like the cults that like the grandma's wearing. You get um, people that she doesn't know. You get the weird like obituary even before the movie even starts. Um, you get Tony Collette just, at the funeral saying, I don't know too many of yeah. you. My mom literally yeah. had rituals. So yeah. right off the bat, you know something's messed up. Yeah. Like, I see strange new faces. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Um, but then it kind of turns into just like, you're kind of like, okay, so I guess we're just just kind of dealing with the grief now. Yeah. So we'll let's see, talk like, about what's going on. the grief. Because right off the bat, of course, she's mourning her mother. But very soon after that, she's mourning her daughter, too. And I did not expect that to happen so quickly. I thought she was going to be part of the horror the rest of the film. And yes, she was, but not to the extent that I imagined. Yeah. That- um, <laughs> that's the one part of the marketing that I actually kind of liked was the misdirect yeah. with, with Charlie or whatever, the the girl. Yeah, complete. Ugh, oh, God, it's haunting. Ah! Um, but, uh, yeah, I like that misdirect. But, God, that was messed up. Um, the hold on his face when she gets her head hit on the pole. And I just wanted to see what was happening. And just he just wouldn't turn around. And he didn't even ever look. He just went to I, bed. That was, it was so like, good. It, that was like one of like, that was such just like a tough scene to watch. And then they hold on yeah. him. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck, where are the rest of the cult members going to come out and like get him right now or yeah, something? Yeah. Like, what's going to go on? And then, like, he, he he looks super quick once, and, like, the camera goes with him back, mm-hmm. and, like, you don't see anything. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, are we supposed to be seeing something? And yeah. then, like, that's, like, something that I'll probably appreciate even more on the, on the second watch is just, like, oh, just, like, staring at his face, just, like, watching his, like, trying to act like it didn't happen. Just Subverted my expectations, that's for sure. Yeah. They held it for what <clears throat> seemed like minutes, 
yeah. and you still don't know what's going on. I'm like, he went to bed. Is he just trying to pretend like this didn't happen? And then he's sitting there awake, like just waiting for his mom. Yeah, and then you just hear the screams. Ugh. God, that was uh, yeah, that was that was like the most intense five minutes of film I've watched in forever. And then they cut to the face on the ground yeah. with the ants. They cut to this poor little girl's face being eaten by ants, and I had two old people walk out. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. But then from there, it actually kind of continues just to be a grief sort of like this, movie. this grief yeah. kind of thing for, I don't even know, a half hour? Mm-hmm. And that... Probably? That's where it started to lose me. I was a little hungover, yeah. a little tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you went there late, so I'm sure you were feeling the same thing, but... Y- yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, you just kind of, you kind of get this, it, like, it's just very slow then. It's kind of just like, how are they gonna, how are this family interacting with each other? But then you get, like, the mom, you get Tony Collette kind of cracking a little bit. Starts to crack. And then we get Ann Dowd coming in there, you know, like... All right, and Dow's got not good intentions. She's, she's got something. You know that. Yeah, you she, know that. something's going on with her. Um, did she? Did she have the the? Was her ring the the symbol? I was trying to like see, but I couldn't tell. It was like too dark, and they never like showed it. Explicitly, I didn't. I didn't notice so I that. Sure. I okay. I had read. I think I either read or saw that the symbol was on the pole that she hit her head yes, on. Yes, it was. Yep. Which we'll talk about that soon when we get to like the yeah. whole demony god part of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that lead to this is all part of some master plan. Um, yeah. I noticed the the voucher that was shoved into the mailbox was talking about the whole talk to your dead thing, and when she yeah seance thing yeah didn't pick that up or go to that, then they sent Ann out in to to recruit her yeah. to to say that stuff. Yeah. Um, there was there was one scene uh before where I was like oh creepy um when. He's like smoking his his piece in his room, and he blows it out the window. Yes, and then you see it. And then you see like you're watching him from outside, and then you see something blow back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, no, nah, no, nah. <laughs> and you realize then, later like, that's a cult member yeah. watching, yeah. yeah, probably standing out there naked. Yep, <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, 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 I would say the grief scene was probably like the the best scene would be. When she's at the support group, um, like that was sort of like what stood out um, when she sort of stretches rambling about, you know, like what she's been going through, what she's been feeling. And then you do get some lines about like, my brother killed himself because uh, my mom, he said my mom's trying to put people in him. Yep. And you think that might be a throwaway line, but it makes sense yep. in the end. My, my dad starved himself to death. Mm-hmm. It was like, there you go. That's more foreshadowing the two viable men tried ruining their bodies so like they couldn't host have this thing (laughs) take them over um but that was that was a pretty powerful scene and that was just like that was like a long take of her just like crying and talking and just like powerful and we and we get another one with her at the the dinner table where she screams and goes on another screaming rambling rampage that looked like a one take that was um that was a great scene and this group it was one group that um like would keep laughing or yeah. making the click noises Ugh, um that would piss but me they off. started laughing in that scene like when like she says like some of like the biting stuff like like wow like a mom shouldn't say that the the intention of that line in this movie is like you should be if anything you should be like oh wow yeah you shouldn't start laughing yeah and like these people start laughing i was like 
get out of this theater right now. I had some people laugh later, and we'll talk about it, but it could just... Probably not a coping mechanism on that scene, just disrespecting yeah. the film. Yeah. Yep. Maybe yeah, they were mismarketed just... and they expected, you know, paranormal activity with jump scares left and right. Maybe they were bored. But, um, um, yeah, so a lot of grief in the middle middle act, a lot of kind of setting up for the bonkers third act. Uh, anything you want to talk about second act-wise from there? Um, I can't, no, I can't really think of anything second act-wise. Um, I think it all starts to ramp up once... when we get the cup scene with the family. Yep, the cup scene with the family, yeah. We start... Yeah, that's when when we when at least Tony Collette starts figuring out like one she's trying to cope with this weird spirit thing, but she's also starting to figure out that like maybe she's going a little crazy, maybe yeah. she's not doing as well. But like that's when like the family starts getting torn apart a little bit. Like the dad is like I can't do this. The son is messed up at that point. Yep. Like that's another thing is with the son they don't even like ever address it with him. Mm-mm. He's just like kind of just holding it in, and that's like why you kind of like. That's another thing is like you, you can see that he's just breaking yeah. even more and more throughout this movie just because like he doesn't talk to anyone about it. Yeah, no so one talks she, to anyone about anything the, yeah, in this movie. No one's addressing it. They're not having a big heart to heart. When they do, it's over pretty quickly, and the dad's just like stop it. Keep, yeah. keep bottling it up. Yeah. And they both yeah. just keep slipping, and that's what Paymon wants. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Are we ready to talk about the, the background scene? Is that where we're at here? No, let's talk about um, him in the school. Him oh, at okay. school. Okay. Um, so that's sort of like what starts everything off, yeah. like right before we get to the intense stuff. So like that, that scene was in the trailer where he slams his head on the desk, but I didn't expect like it to like kind of build up like that where he does like that weird like pose with his hands yeah. getting like he looks like he was like stung by bees. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my god! Like I was like uncomfortable watching that. I was like as comfortable as like the rest of the characters in that scene were. And then like when he slams his face, I was like, Jesus! And then he's just freaking out, just screaming. So, it, I guess it's time to bring up that there's a an ancient. deity that is trying to take form do you think he was in there at that point um because that you saw kind of the flash of light in the school before that happened which is kind of the the symbolic of this thing trying to take his form and i saw something on reddit where he puts his hand up and there's a there's a figure later in the movie with the hand just like that and he looks he looks kind um, of in a mirror and it's his face smiling back at him i don't get that because that's yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that I don't understand about this is sort of like the the rules, the rules. of this thing. And that's where it kind of like, loses me. Like it 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 possesses Tony Collette later, but like like I I didn't quite understand that. Why didn't it just do that from the start? Why didn't it just take over the dad from the start? Like why did it need then somebody kill young? the dad? Like why didn't it just kill Tony Collette instead of setting the dad on fire? <laughs> I it was yeah, I like I didn't I just didn't quite understand how that whole thing worked. And I also didn't understand like at the end why like the I couldn't tell if like that was him. So we'll get there. And I've got some notes yeah. on Reddit. Um thankfully some people are smarter than you and I and have kind of broken down the rules and what the god was trying to do. But um school scene definitely definitely troubling. Yeah. I think yeah. they send him to the office and you see a guy smiling in the school too. 
creepily. Oh, do you really? I don't know if you missed that, remember. but I don't. I don't remember. He's that. looking down the long hallway, and you can see like somebody in the principal's office. Like he looked through. Oh, outside. that's when he's walking back from like lunch outside. Okay, so that was before um, that. Yeah, okay. and that was his teacher, but that was also weird. Um, was sm- I thought it was a smiling then, face as well. No, 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 it was. Okay, yeah, it, but yeah. It, like it was, it was his teacher smiling and like doing yeah. like this weird like come hither motion. Um, yeah, yeah, that's God, weird. so creepy. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. Then he slams his face down, and then the dad picks him up and is driving him back. And then like that's the first time we see the dad show emotion as he stops and like yeah, looks at breaks his down a son bit. just destroyed in the back seat, and then like he starts breaking down. Um, but then whenever they get back, and that's when the mom is like trying to show the dad that like oh my god and doubt is in all these pictures with my mom <laughs> and uh but the kid is knocked out he goes to bed and then then we get the fire scene yeah why did he start on fire is it is the demon like he doesn't believe he's getting in the way yeah i think i think that's i think that's the the, the only logical reason to yeah. me is like first this thing apparently just can just like do whatever it wants to an extent so, like, yeah, it, it, yeah it can take different forms it can start stuff on fire but what it really wants is a healthy susceptible male body i guess is its yep. goal yeah yeah um and it's not gonna get that with the dad no it's not gonna get that with charlie Dad's, yep yeah and so uh yeah so then like she's like pleading with him do you think at that point do you think that maybe it was even like possessing her trying to like that's what i couldn't figure out kind of thing? yeah or like do you think that she was just like actually like pleading like i need this to happen or that's the thing with this movie is a lot is up for interpretation. Yeah. To me, it looked um, like her. It looked like she was ready to be yeah. rid of this evil, but I can definitely like, you could argue with me right now that that was payment. And I'd believe. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, that we also a, skirted a over the fact that the, uh, the mom was then in the attic, um, as well. That was yep. kind of nasty and messed up. Um, and this just leads me to, we're skipping. We have already missed that. Charlie took a bird and cut its head off, which is foreshadowing. Yep. Like yeah. there's so much dark shit with this movie that, <laughs> Even like, yeah. Even a little girl taking a dead bird and cutting its head off to make an action figure, we've skipped over because there's far more dark shit in this movie that we need yeah. to talk about. Um, but yeah, then from there, then it's then it's the uh, then it's the fright fest, then it's the just the then, then last twenty minutes of intensity. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the scene. I noticed right off because I was looking for it, and yeah, it was same. just it was really funny with the audience. Kind of, I, you just hear a lot of oh, and oh. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um. Oh, how did yours react similarly? I was actually surprised. There wasn't that many people that like really realized. Like I was the first person because I was like looking something. I haven't. Yeah. I'm yet to see something yeah. that's gonna yeah. creep me out like that. I, and then I found it. So like I pointed it out, and then, um, and then we, like we confirmed together that there was someone there. But then no one. There was like the people behind us. Like were like, oh yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Shit. They're like shit. But then no one else really said anything. And then whatever something happens, um, and you your attention is diverted elsewhere. So bas- and then you see her yep. s- swim run through the air. So basically, we're looking at Peter, uh, his face, and yeah. in the background, it's very blurry, but you can basically see that uh, Tony Collette, I forgot her name in the movie, is up in the corner, kind of on yeah. the wall, like Spider Manning, and that was yeah. really creepy. But yeah, I thought yeah. it was kind of ruined with her weirdly floating, yeah, swimming swim through the float. air. Yeah, I think if they kept cutting back and let the audience slowly realize. And then maybe did a, a more natural yeah. movement. It would have been more effective. That uh, that unfortunately got laughs from most of the crowd. Same um, yeah, because it was kind of ridiculous. At that point, I was like, just still like on edge because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. ready for what's going to happen in the next 20 minutes of this movie. But uh, 
But yeah, like I could understand laughing at that because it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I had two more laughs in the theater. Um, we're, we're getting there though. Um, so where do we go from there? Um, so then he's so then he this was very creepy because it's just like him slowly like walking, yeah, checking out rooms. Like he closes a door super fast in the hallway, and then she's um, way up in the corner. Um, once he yeah gets yeah to... so he's yeah so then he walks downstairs. Um, everything is like kind of broken. T- chairs are everywhere. Um, and this is another thing where we're just seeing his reaction, but we know his dad's burnt body yeah. is on the ground there. He's slowly walking around, and then, yeah, she's up, like, super high in the corner. And so he takes it in, and he kind of starts looking, like, we're still kind of looking at him, and then we see creepy smiling dude in the dark. Creepy in, like, naked the smiling dude. <laughs> creepy naked smiley dude in the dark who slowly starts smiling, which is creepy. Yeah. Even creepier. I was like, was where am I supposed to look? There's yeah, two really creepy things in two yeah. corners of the screen. Yeah. And then, so he, like, he turns and looks, and then Tony Collette disappears from the top corner. Mm-hmm. And then, like, bang, bang, she starts sprinting after him from, like, the other corner <laughs> so of the room. Fast. And he sprints upstairs and then sprints into oh, Yeah, you got to go outside, bro. Attic. You got to get in the car. You can't go into he the sprints, creepy attic. Sprints into the attic, pulls up the door, and then we hear pounding pounding like Mm -hmm. she's like how is she pounding pounding because she's yeah slamming her head into while floating on the ceiling and that was like the thing that messed me up the most um like i was having trouble sleeping last night because of that image uh and that didn't really get to me too much it looked kind of goofy to me but i mean teach their own and he's and he's just like so scared of the moment. He's like saying like, "Mommy, mommy, please stop." And that was Not great. Even like, Mom, like it shows yeah. he he went back to his childish like, "I am so scared yeah. right now. I want my mommy." Yeah. Also, my mommy's um, trying to kill me. Yeah. Um. But then, but then it stops, and he starts looking around, and there's like candles everywhere, and that's where like the dead body was, um, <laughs> the headless body, we should say. Mm-hmm. Um. And then he sees the picture of him with like his eyes scratched out, which, fun fact. I don't know if you saw this. Apparently, at the end, he was originally going to pull his own eyes out after he... But it whatever. tested as too dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have loved it. Yeah. Like, like everything else in this movie wasn't too dark yeah, already. Exactly. Um, but then you start hearing this noise. Like... Yeah. And that was messed up, and he turns around, and Tony Collette is floating again in the attic, like the top of the attic, sawing her head off with a piano cord. Which, foreshadowing, there's a broken piano downstairs. She took yep. a string, and it's floating in midair, cutting her head off. Yep. And so that's just going to town, and then all of a sudden, you see Colt members just naked, smiling at him. And then that's when he snaps, right? And then he oh, just fuck. jumps out the window. <laughs> that got a laugh from my audience, because he's like, I'm out! Jumps out yeah. the window. <laughs> I was just like, finally, dude, just yeah. end it. And then you hear the sign stop, and you hear a head fall. Mm-hmm. And then you see the light shimmer thing, yep. kind of assumedly taking his form. Yeah. Even though then the headless body got another laugh out of my audience, slowly oh, yeah, floats up brutal. into yeah. the little cabin. Yeah, that was that was brutal. Um, and then he stands up, and then he clucks. Um. Yep. Uh, actually, we missed one thing. Uh, when they get home that night, and it switches from the outside view of the house from day to night, mm-hmm. and then when it switches to night, you see all the naked yeah. cult members surrounding the house. That was terrifying. Yeah. That was like, and oh, this is the end. On the on the note of 
there was a couple times that it was used really effectively oh, in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Uh, luckily, yeah. I didn't have any asshole doing it in the background, but it sounds like you did. That sucks. I did, and it was actually – I did, but they did it at times where it didn't ruin, That's like, good. the effectiveness of when just trying it, to be like, funny. actually needed to be. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, just, okay. Um, but, yeah, then he goes up there, and then we get – The final scene. Yeah. Which – I personally didn't need the voiceover. I kind of got I, what they I were doing, either. and I, I'm assuming that was added in post. I, yeah, I think it was after like test screenings, as they they added that in. Like there was apparently there were apparently some other lines um, where you could really tell that it was like ADR mm-hmm. um, auto auto dubbing. I didn't notice just because I was like constantly looking for other stuff. I didn't care about their mouths, but uh, so they got a weird statue of uh, kind of a Christ-like figure uh, with yeah. with a crown, and you've got headless bodies you've got cult members all bowing to assumedly this demon in uh, peter's body and then of course the voiceover comes and kind of explains paymon we have found you this new body yeah. don't be afraid didn't really need that thought it'd be more no. kind of think about it yourself um but yeah very very messed up ending <laughs> they put the crown yeah. on him and and we have ourselves a, a demon of mischief yep yeah and then it just kind of kind of ends kind of ends um yeah i i think like the ending like the last 20 minutes were just like intense and terrifying but like that last scene just kind of like i wasn't i kind of i i lost it all mm-hmm. i just like lost kind of like that fear and i was just like all right well it's over yeah it got a little crazy <laughs> yeah um yeah, I guess I guess just really the main problems for me is just like how does how does this first off this cult work? Do they have superpowers? Are yep. they able to like transport themselves? How does this demon work? Why didn't he just like go into the body right away? It's just like those kind of things. But ultimately, like that's more nitpicking, I guess, just because I think everything else is done pretty well. Yeah, I've got a couple notes from Reddit where basically they they broke it down a little bit. Paymon could only materialize fully in a male host. Uh, the, that giving Charlie kind of a male name and making her tomboyish yeah. might have been good enough, but it never was. Um, uh, her reading the passage at Annie's house was, or Joni's house was to kind of activate Paymon to be able to take over oh, her body, oh, kind of a trick okay. to get Paymon into her so that it eventually get into Peter. Um, yeah, a lot of just rules that I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people think that Charlie's been possessed since her youth, yeah, the, the and that's entire why. Time. Yeah, that's what what I kind of got. I guess that kind of makes sense. She was making those toys and drawing those yeah. things, like, yeah. but she wasn't fully possessed because it wasn't a male body. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people were saying, how could they have known that the her head would have been knocked off by that post? Why was there a symbol there? But apparently, this god of mischief is the god of foresight as well. Mm-hmm. There's so much to interpret, so much to kind of go back and, and interpret for yourself, rewatch, and take take away what you will with it. Um, yeah. Little cheapened by the ADR at the end, but still mm-hmm. overall a thinker and one that's going to stink with stink with me, uh, stick with me, and I think you as well. Oh yeah, I will. Yeah, we'll see if I can get more than an hour of sleep tonight. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on a rewatch, man, on what you took away from the second time. Yeah, I'm hoping that I don't have to rewatch it again. But oh come I feel on, like baby! I probably will. So, <laughs> so I'll I'll, I'll keep you. I went alone. On what I so, um, yeah, you're a stronger man than me. Yeah, and again, I wasn't super scared. That's not trying me trying to be like oh, I'm a badass, but it was yeah. just really more really messed up than it was mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, but it did yeah. it did that very well because I'm still thinking yeah. about it. 
Um, all right, grades again? B plus. Without the kind of misleading marketing, I think this could have been an A minus. Very, very dreadful, creepy, messed up film that I'm going to be thinking about for, for a while. You? Yep. And a, uh, a B minus for me. Absolutely terrifying. It's just some <laughs> things that I wish probably would have been done differently or a little better, but mm-hmm. uh, but still messed me up a little bit. So uh, I guess it did its job. Yep. yep. Uh, so that is it for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, Incredibles Two review. Maybe little lighter tag of a, as well. Little lighter of a film. Yeah, a much <laughs> yeah much much happier time probably yeah. next week. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, remember to review subscribe on whatever uh podcast sharing or streaming platform you're using uh like comment share all that fun stuff on any social media go to glitchfoot.com read some articles me and andy wrote some uh recasting an ocean 11's reboot Mm -hmm. uh kind of thing vote on Um, your favorites mine's definitely way better yeah um not true but you know up to you guys uh, and uh, go to glitchup.com slash feedback to give us anonymous feedback, glitchup.com slash support if you want to help us out. There's three different ways that you can do that. And remember, tune in next week. And uh, my outro will be pretty simple. 